Wes Austin is back, dude. Thanks so much for coming back on the show, man. How you been? Good, good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, you're you're welcome, and it's a perfect. It's weird. It's a perfect day to have you, and then also it's not. And I'm gonna tell you why. One, it's a perfect day because I woke I woke up this morning for some reason just kind of in a funk. I don't know what it was. I'm like, you know what 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 am I doing? You know, a lot of this, just just some you know just different things with content creation and that sort of thing. And then I knew I had my buddy Wes Austin coming on, the funniest lawyer with the whitest teeth in all of America was coming on my show. So I thought, well, that's going to make me feel better. And then it's, and then I'm, I'm also kind of like, so it's weird because you do so much political satire and you, and you nail it. And here we are. And I want to be, I want to talk about funny stuff because you're a comedian and that's, and I think there is always room for humor, but man, here we're in one of the most tragic uh, times uh, of our lives with what's happening in the Middle East. So with that warm, fuzzy setup, man, what have you been up to? You know, okay, funny you said that because I, all week I was trying to come up with a couple of stories for what's happening in Israel with the Hamas attacks and put in some kind of joke at the end. And holy crap, that was tough. I finally did, and I don't know if it will, uh, I hope it at least will will uh, make people kind of smile about about one of the things that was said. But it was hard because the whole thing was such a terrible, terrible story. So, uh, but I thought, okay, that's my thing. No, I have to at least try to have some kind of uh, humorous take on something that was said or done about it. So, it, but it's more of a, on that one, it's more of a, uh, probably a sarcastic burn i'm hoping um but anyway those were tough those are really tough i'm like oh crap but i felt like if i didn't talk about the news that at all people would think what are you not watching the news that's all people are talking about how can you not but man that was the tough one (laughs) that that was the tough one yeah it puts you in a tough position because if you're like back in the day, and like we've talked about, I mean, a lot of your humor, I think, would fit very well for a more conservative take on The Daily Show. And, you know, John Stewart, back when he was doing it, especially, I think uh, Stephen Colbert and the other guys, it, it kind of um, maybe not so much. But John Stewart, he he had he walked this fine line of he got to be a newsman whenever he needed to be considered a newsman and a comedian when it was convenient to be a comedian and that's been the case uh for that type of satire on that on you know on the left forever it's like oh no if you're offended no i just being a comedian or if it's you know all of a sudden a comedian talking about uh you know monetary policy then and then no i'm serious this is real it's just i get to pick and choose and so I think, you know, he had the luxury of being able to, okay, I can be somber, cold start, you know, serious, but kind of get away with almost anything. Whereas I think that you're, I mean, it could be, it'd just be trickier for you, I would think. And so let's just do this though, because we know that's horrible and our hearts go out to the people of Israel for sure. And this is just a a tragedy beyond anything I've seen in my lifetime, uh, save for Mm 9-11. But like, Tell, let's just kind of chronicle some of the just buffoonery that has happened in Washington, D.C. that you have commented on up to this point and kind of 
what have been some of your favorite stories of this year that have kind of just, you know, you, you've thought to yourself, that's just too rich to not comment on. I mean, like how, what are some of your favorites? Okay. Um, man, let me think for a minute. Uh, I mean, there's been so many of President Biden where he, you know, all of his gaffes, I just, you know, to me, they're just gold. I'm like, oh, good. Is, is President Biden going to speak again? It's the best because it's just the gift that keeps on giving. And you know, it really is. I've kind of gotten to where I look forward. Like, I can't listen to Corrine Jean-Pierre speak. I just, it, when I'm listening to uh, news commentary or something, and she comes on, I fast forward. I just don't want to listen to it because, I mean, frankly, like every other spinster, it's just going to be spin. And so that you're not going to take anything away from it. You know what's going to be said. You know what the note cards read. And so why watch? But but Biden just like is it's almost like one of those things like it's so obnoxious, almost like the, the whisper. Whenever he gets into the whisper and he keeps doing it. It's like there's no one. I don't yeah. think I don't think I think the same thing with Trump. I don't think that there are people close to the president that go. Hey, Mr. P, you know, uh, the whole shouting and then going into the creepy whisper, kind of off-putting. You may want to, you know, just shelve that for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I I think it's hilarious, too, when once he gets on stage, just that he will, he all of a sudden doesn't know where he is. And he, it's like, I, I made a joke on one of my videos, just about how it seems like he's trying to shake the hand of a ghost every time he's trying to leave because he sees he turns and starts trying to there's no one standing there but he still puts his hand out just like this is incredible this is some good stuff (laughs) it's i don't know if you saw that they got him you know they have some they have like a three-step operation don't fall down for him now where they they're putting tennis shoes on him and uh as if yeah the shoes were the things that were making him fall down um I think they, the, the proprioceptive maintenance maneuvers or some crap that I've never heard of before. Uh, and I thought, oh, this is good. <laughs> well, and then they've got the, now the secret little escape hatch that he's going up into Air Force One. There's like a, a little staircase. I guess he walks through. It's kind of like now he can do like the Goodfellas backdoor restaurant entrance, you know, into the uh, into Air Force One. You know, that scene in Goodfellas where. They're, they're skipping the line, but it almost takes them longer to get in because they weave and wind all through the kitchen and everything. And I guess that's what it's like whenever Biden crawls up on Air Force One. It's like, oh, and he's like, you know, you know, talking to the baggage handlers, making his way up into where he's supposed to be. It's just, um, I don't know. He's he's setting a lot of precedents as president. Yeah. I thought the Menendez story was kind of funny, too. You know, he was recently indicted, mm-hmm. Senator Menendez, for... Uh, uh, alleged bribery and uh, other mischief, but and I thought, and I as he denied it, but I'm like, dude, they found gold freaking bars in your closet. You had money. It, it was like an episode of Breaking Bad. You've got like ash, wasn't it sewn into his jacket or something? Yep. Am I? Yep. Yep. That's not normal. I mean, it's normal if you're Al Capone or Walter White. It's not normal for Mr. Senator guy. What if? But he's like, not nah, didn't do it. And I thought, holy, this is incredible. And he got to, I, I think he, this is the second time it happened, with, which in the first one, was it a hung jury or something? So it somehow just went away. And then I thought, oh boy, if he gets away with this again, this is incredible. I mean, well, but, 
there was a Congressman <laughs> Jefferson, I think, in Louisiana back in the 90s that almost the same thing happened. They found a bunch of cash uh, in his freezer um, and he and it, it, it brought him down. I mean, they realized he was taking bribes and I can't remember okay. his first name. His last name was Jefferson. Um, I can't believe I just and I haven't even thought about that until now uh, talking about Menendez. And then, of course, Menendez, you know, he had the little uh, I think the first thing was he was going down to some Latin American country. Right. And uh, there was maybe there was some accusations of prostitution or something like that. I mean, he he's had trouble oh, okay. for years. Yeah. It's. You know, and the thing is, is like. There's so much corruption back there, like whenever we, the people are seeing senators with $50 million or like, I mean, you know, they, they have their estates all over the place and you're thinking, wait, you've been in public service for what, 50 years making yep. this kind of a salary and you're a kajillionaire. Yeah. Like both sides of the political spectrum. We're all just, come on. Nobody believes the first second that you're not corrupt, but man, it's crazy that they just keep getting away with it and they're just super rich and um uh, you know like you know telling everybody to breathe you need to be green clean stop all your stuff as they get on their lair jet jet mm -hmm. off somewhere like that's it crazy i can't <laughs> well and it's happening on both the buffoonery and the clown show is happening on both sides i mean this whole deal with lauren bobart uh i think i'm pronouncing her last name right in uh colorado making out with the dude in the movie theater and oh vaping and <laughs> It's like, what the hell, man? It's, I think yeah, that's yeah. the thing. There used to be a time whenever there was just a certain dignity, uh, you know, for, I mean, look, they're ultimately they're human beings that are, that we're electing to uh, public office, but still it's almost like, okay, whatever the best version of me is, that's what I'm going to put forward now. It's just kind of all bets are off. And the sad part about it is, man, for me, I think it's almost like just this um, reflection of the complete downward spiral of civilization. They're, the, the standards are just so freaking low for human behavior these days that and I think it's just reflective. And I think that um, I can't remember who said it once, but politicians and the things that they go after. They are, they're not where the disease begins. They are just reflective of the disease. It's, it's, it's society. It's us out here, the people. And that's what, that's what I think a lot of people lose sight of is we're out here. We're kind of allowing this mess to bubble up to Washington, but they are just kind of like the, the, the symptom of a, a greater disease. They are not the actual disease. And I think that's, what's really scary to me when I see just all uh, so many of not all of them for sure there's some some good uh men and women of in of high integrity on both sides of the aisle that are that represent us well but then there's just a whole lot of them that we see that uh is nuts and i want to get your take on this whole uh kevin mccarthy ousting and what's going on in the house what, what do you think about all that oh man that you know that was pretty wild to me because they took um uh I think it took him 15 rounds to elect a, a speaker, yep. you know, McCarthy as speaker of the house in January. So when I saw them oust him and boot him out, I think, okay, what's, what's the alternative? Are you going to be able to pick someone again? Because the last time was not, you know, no picnic. So I don't know what you're, who you're going to get because you barely got him last time. 
I, I, I just like, well, I freaking hope you guys know what you're doing. Cause I think you might be shooting yourselves in the foot and looking like idiots because, oh man, I was just frustrated because I, I am conservative. So I'm like, I want to look like we're organized. We can just, you know, we can all get together and accomplish stuff instead of turn into infighting. But I think what uh, the, la the latest I read was that, uh, oh, was it Scalise where they, the house Republicans said, okay, we've, we're, we're going to nominate him. But then I've, I've seen a bunch of Republicans say like, I'm not going to vote for him on the floor. Like, okay, well, yeah, ah, uh, fiddle. I don't know. I just thought I, I really, I don't know a ton about Matt Gates and what, and, and why he did what he did. I guess time will tell if it, if we get a new speaker and it's great and we get a lot done. Okay. But if we, it goes horribly wrong and then we lose, we lose the house altogether. It's like, okay, then it was super bad. That was a terrible move. <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't uh, think there's many people that are saying, I mean, there are some, but I don't think there's many that are saying, you know, well done, Matt, you, you did it. You I mean, it's like, it's one of those, like, the, so if taking down the speaker of the house, which I know it's weird. Have you ever, I don't know if it's different out in Utah. I can tell you here in Texas, we've had those battles. The, the House Speaker in the state of Texas, it, it, it's, it's been a big, big, big takedown fight many times. That's not unusual. Um, but it's always on the conservative side. I can't think of a time whenever I've ever seen Democrats try to remove a fellow Democrat from the Speaker's office. I, I that. And certainly I, I couldn't imagine it happening in DC. And that's one of the things I think the Republicans are struggling with right now is that they, you know, the Democrats are always going to be in lockstep. They, they have, mm -hmm. they all have their little fiefdoms, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like, okay, we disagree on a whole host of issues in our caucus, but the bigger picture is that we all disagree with one another, but we win the big, you know, we just stay together uh, on what plays, you know, what will. We may disagree on which play to run, but we're going to let the House Speaker continue to be the head coach, and we're all going to stay on that team. Whereas the the Republicans, it's it's an individual show. And I heard Ben Shapiro make a great point. Um, I guess it was last week, whenever he said that now that the parties really don't matter that much. I mean, you can be an individual player, not dependent on the party. That that seemingly that's a great thing because you don't have to bow to the party bosses. I like that idea. But then on the other hand, now you've got just these rogue players that can go out there, get a giant mailing list, a big social media following and kind of just go rogue and do what they want. Continue to get reelected because as long as they're popular and doing the right things in their district. And it can kind of just crumble the whole thing. So I'm really kind of torn on that whole idea of the lone wolves versus the the team, uh, because you, you know you'll you'll hear as many people say, "Well, you need if politics is a team sport. You need to be a team player." And then you'll have that exact same person get just hammered by somebody like uh, a Matt Getz that says, "You know, no, that just means that you're you're a compromiser and you're a, you're a squish and you don't you need to be able to stand up." So. It's just bizarre. I don't see how you herd those cats with any efficiency, uh, personally, but I don't know. I, so I think you yeah, got, a lot, I know. they've got a lot more comedy coming, my friend. It, uh, oh man, 
but what you said is right on because I have seen like the Democrats are much better at just okay, we're all on the same side. We're gonna vote lockstep. Everybody, you know, the 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 party people have said we're doing this, and then holy crap, they all just do what they're told. Uh, and then on the Republican side, yeah, it's like there's a lot more individ individualistic kind of arguing and like, well, we're guess what? We don't like this, so we're not gonna vote for it. Man, that it gets to be really tough because when you, you actually got both sides going for different things, the divided side is always going to lose. <laughs> so, and I don't, but I, you know, I can see the benefits in people having their own thoughts and let's, let's try to do the right thing instead of just do what the, you know, the deep state wants us to do. But dang, I don't know. If we just keep uh, losing, we're not going to get that. That's it. It's tough. It's going to, I mean, you could have that temporary speaker. I don't even know that guy's name. I think, but <laughs> we could have him for a while. I guess if we can't pick a new speaker, maybe he'll be in for some period of time. McHenry? Is that his last name? McHenry? Oh, maybe that. Maybe that's right. Yeah. It's some, it's some like old school founder, founding fathers type last name. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's McHenry. So, yeah. Well, I tell you one of the things that's been kind of interesting, though, that's uh, is that the, the the leadership, starting with with Biden, has been so clownish that there has been some co comedians that are now willing to come out and poke fun. Um, what have been some of have you noticed some of those moments that you can think of where people are like, oh, wow, look at that. That's something you didn't hear in you know, year one of the, the Biden administration. Yeah, well, I've seen uh, there. There's a, I, I listened to the podcast with David Spade and Dana Carvey. Excellent. And yeah, don't you love that? Yeah. Uh, fly, fly on the wall. I think mm -hmm. it is. And I've heard Dana Carvey on there do a number of Biden impressions. Yeah. Which years ago, I, I mean, I mean, what, maybe even one year ago, like nobody would even touch Biden. He would just. That was something that comedians, no one would, I, I think, uh, oh, there was one comedian who started doing it kind of early and I just, crap, I just forgot the guy's name, but slowly I've seen more people. I think, uh, Frank Caliendo <laughs> just came to wise guys and I didn't go to his show, but the guys that were there said that he did Biden and it was hilarious. I think he also did Trump. So I think, I think he did both. But he did Biden, whereas, you know, for the longest time, it was everybody makes fun of Trump nonstop. What about Biden? No, no, don't say a word. It's mom, mom's the word. And I actually don't ever watch the late night guys. I can't, I can't, oh. they're just, I, I can't, I can't even stomach it just because they're so like, okay, is this your monologue where it's 12 minutes of you making fun of Republicans? Great. Let's do this again tomorrow night. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll be here because I. Yeah, so I can't I can't really watch the late night guys anymore. I, I'm with you. And it's and it's kind of a shame to me that the best impersonation that Dana Carvey ever did of Biden was not on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that that's that kind of tells you where we are because you couldn't have a repeat like with when Baldwin and here's the thing. The Alec Baldwin is such a hard one for me because I'm gonna tell you, as a human being, that guy seems to have some real issues. And I don't think he'd be a lot of fun to be around. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> uh, but that's the nicest way to put it. I, right? anyway, just... <laughs> you know, I mean, 
But the dude I freaking love, every Alec Baldwin. If it, Okay, so, so there's certain actors and actresses whenever I'm flipping through Netflix or Prime. And I, if I see that Jennifer Lopez is in a movie, I'm not going to watch that. I'd rather go, you know, pretend I'm digging a hole to China in my backyard than watch a movie with Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. But it, and, it, but whenever Alec Baldwin's in it, it might be Monkey's Escape from Alcatraz. Just some weird, random, low budget. But starring Alec Baldwin, you know, we're going to get those monkeys. If, if that happens, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it. Just because I think, and the best part about it is it can be a dramatic movie or a hilarious movie. And that dude is so funny. Like, I, I still love him. And along came Polly. You know, I always say if I ever meet Alec Baldwin, I'm not going to go up to him and go, Mr. Baldwin, I'm just such a big fan. I think you're because he would just probably punch me in the face or tell me to get away from me or just look at me <laughs> like I'm spit. But I do think I might, if I were really feeling bold that day, I'd smack him on the ass and say, good things. Yeah, his we're going from uh, from along came Polly. I just love all of his his little he's uh, dude's hilarious. All of that lead up to say his repeat um, appearances on SNL doing Trump were funny. Now it got a little stale because they did it for so freaking long, but that was okay. Yeah. And I I think that I think conservatives were like yeah that's 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 funny, but for some reason on the other side you would never have a recurring character like you would never have dana carvey coming on in a guest appearance doing biden every freaking week even though it would be funny and the democrats just wouldn't be able to laugh at it i think the way that conservatives not there weren't a lot of that i know i mean it's anecdotal it's my perspective i don't think there were a lot of conservatives that were just like oh my gosh how dare alec baldwin you know make fun of trump I'm like no nah, the dude is hilarious i mean i see more conservatives make fun of Trump than anybody. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think most of the conservatives probably were laughing, thinking this is super funny. He's, yeah. he's doing a super funny impression and they they uh, have a sense of humor about it. But yeah, you're right. Like, especially because by I mean, with Biden and Kamala, oh my word, there's just like, that is a gold mine. That should have been like, they should have had, you know how we had the uh, Dana Carvey to George Bush. Just, mm -hmm. It's like you guys should have had the dedicated people just crushing it on Biden and Kamala. But they, I don't even know if they, they probably maybe randomly did it. I've never seen anything where SNL tried to do something with them. Um, and I don't know if it's because SNL is terrible or because they never did it. But anyway, there's just this gold mine there. And the fact oh. that they didn't, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, I just like, yeah, it it sure seems to be very one-sided on where they want to try to find their humor, which, you know, I've had some people, they'll, they'll message me and they'll say, um, and sometimes they'll pull me aside in person. I I think you're funny, but why don't you ever make fun of, um, you know, conservatives or Republicans? And I say that job is being covered by all of Hollywood. Yeah. Every late night talk show. Are you insane? No, like, yeah, when we've got a ton of people doing what I'm doing, then I'll think maybe I'll do both sides. But right now, I swear to you, there's one of me. Okay. So you've got Colbert, Seth Meyer, Jimmy Kimmel, all of the Hollywood writers, all of the Hollywood screen, like direct. Are you kidding? What? Anyway, I get very, I get a little uh, frustrated and animated. And we're like, why don't you start making fun of Republicans? Are you kidding? 
do you not have enough people doing that right now? Are you not? Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> Babe Ruth, you know, you know, whenever he'd say, you know, where do you where do you try to hit the ball? I, say, I hit it where they ain't. I hit it with a fence. You know, it's like and that's where you're playing. You're you're in a space where there's nobody there. There's you yeah. Know, and so yeah, and that's another thing too that's bizarre watching and, and look, this happens on both sides, but just as as kind of a general observer of political theater. Watching the willful denial by our fellow Americans of of what's going on. And one of my favorite and most perplexing personalities that I find myself watching these days is Bill Maher. And, uh, and Bill Maher can have it so right one day and then so wrong the next. Um, you know, he he's definitely for there's something, I think, personal with him about Trump, you know, and I don't know what it is, but. I was watching uh, an episode with uh, it was just a clip from real time with Mary Catherine Ham. She was on discussing the Steele dossier and everything that had happened there and how and it was with Sam Harris, which, wow, what a fall from whatever pedestal Sam Harris yeah. is on. Just wow. Yeah. At, and and I could I could I could talk about that for a little while because that that's a great example of the willful denial and just the, the whole not not adding up. But but so. She's literally sitting there making the case of who funded the Steele dossier, what it was about, the whole Russia collusion, the four years of investigations, the independent the the independent reporting that was done, um, and and yet and nothing, and yet he you you could tell Bill Maher and Sam Harris they still they couldn't just say if they just would have said, you know what, exactly right, both sides, yep, they both both did it, and there was some willful denial on both sides and. What we should do is just look at these two equally. That's what we should always do is be able to know that no matter who's in office, Republican or Democrat, if we think that they're compromised by a foreign state, then let's investigate it to the fullest and make sure that everybody's on the up and up and just treat it, treat them fairly. How and, and that, but then on the, by the same token, I will say this. This is where Bill Maher gets it right. He will say. If one of the Trump kids had behaved like Hunter Biden, it would have been game over we would never hear anything else and so it's just it's so weird but like but now but i think sam harris going back to that for a little bit that one was really telling and here's the thing i once talked to a guy he was an attorney and he was on the uh he was, he's on the far left and i know he doesn't he didn't mean anything, nor does sam harris it's just a blind spot it, he was telling me that you know, we should have a single payer system. And and I just, and I don't go into political arguments anymore. I don't do that. I just ask questions and try to understand everybody's point of view as best I can. Uh, unless it's a fellow conservative and we're by ourselves and we're truly trying to get to the, a solution, you know, we might, you know, kind of hash things out. But in an instance like this, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, dispute the, the, the downside of a single payer system versus what we have versus a market system or anything like that. But essentially what he said, I said, well, how do you pay for it? How do we get there? He said, you tax, you tax. And I said, well, so and I said, well, what if there's no money left? He said, it doesn't matter. There, there will be enough money. And he said, you just, you get it. And essentially what he was saying, he was taking a tyrannical approach, but he didn't know that. He wasn't thinking that. And now let's take that same mindset to like a Sam Harris, who essentially said, I don't care what we're not hearing. I don't care if there's censorship. I don't care what's happening. As long as 
we keep Donald Trump from being president by any means necessary. That's what he was basically saying. Yeah. And that was the scary thing that I was like, and you know, unfortunately guys like Sam Harris, I think who, and this is not coming from a Sam Harris hater. I've been listening to Sam Harris. It's the first time I heard him on Tim Ferriss's podcast, probably nearly a decade ago. I used to be a subscriber to the waking up app. I do think Sam is a very brilliant guy, but I think Sam's that, that, that individual that he's almost so smart that he, he doesn't realize he can be really dumb in other, in other areas. And this in, in, in world diplomacy and, and policy, he just showed that he's basically thinking like a tyrant. That's what they think, you know, by any way, whatever it takes to do what I think is right. That's what we should do. Yeah. I actually remember when Sam Harris said that because I had listened to him and thought he was a smart guy. And then when I heard that clip, um, where he basically said, yeah, yeah, it's okay to, uh, you know, live cheat, steal, whatever, as long as it keeps Trump. Is that, I'm not paraphrasing what he said, but basically any means necessary to just make sure Trump doesn't get in the White House. It's like, whoa, wow, that that's incredible that he, he admitted he knew what was going on and he didn't care because it was accomplishing keeping Trump out. And I'm like, oh, it was so disheartening like you so you believe in these principles except for if you really really hate someone and then you don't how how are you different than the tyrants who've done that in history to people they didn't like you yeah uh, what is the, i think it's uh joe rogan who always says that you know the solution to bad speech is more speech because you'll get more good speech and it will outweigh the bad it's not when you start censoring people well i mean my word, what happened with the whole, um, I don't want this to get censored, but the uh, whole coronavirus and not mm-hmm. going all that stuff where they were, you know, making sure none of all the stuff got out. And then later like, oh, actually that was all true. Mm-hmm. I, it's just, that is just astounding to me that the level of depression that was accomplished and then it was all wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, just. That's why you should have let it out in the first place to, to, to let the marketplace of ideas sort this stuff out instead of you guys fixing it. And then later, what, like, I think they should all be sued by people who have bad things happen because that's what should happen under the rule of law to make it so that stops happening in the future. But that was downing to me, the level of, well, I think it was the, uh, you know, that case that's going on right now about the, uh, the different government agencies that basically violated the first amendment of people, FBI, CDC, White House, Surgeon General, Department of Homeland Security, holy crap. It's like almost all of them. I think it was in one of those court cases where the judge had said this, this would be like the violation of the first amendment on a scale never seen before in history. Like exactly, exactly. We should be, this should be like earth shattering and so many people in the media are just not even talking about it. <laughs> are you nuts? Uh, well, anyway, it's very frustrating. That's the thing that frustrates me is that, you know, and, and by the way, the quickest way for me to end an argument with my wife is to recognize when I've done something wrong and apologize quickly. You just apologize quickly. And that in, in generally yeah. uh, her, her take is 
you know, Jim and I, fortunately, we hardly ever argue. We're just blessed that way. But when we, when I do, it's usually me. I, I may have, and, I, and she's like, well, that's okay. I, you know, and I probably took it the wrong way. And, and it just immediately, and that's what we, we never seem to get from the legacy media is, you know what, folks, we want to come to you and say, we got this one wrong. And we, we want to correct the record and we want to, we want to get this right. It's just, it, it they just keep plowing forward, plowing forward, yeah. plowing forward that no. And, and to this day, it's like you said, you know, hope, hopefully this doesn't get censored. I mean, the, the, the tech giants, if, if they, if you say something that doesn't fit the narrative that they don't agree with, then you're out, you're done. You, you know, we're not, we're just not going to let you say anything that could lead others to believe something differently than, than we do. And, and what's really troubling Wes to me is, I mean, I think, I don't think I'm getting so far out on a limb here that it's going to snap to when I say that most, especially young people, they don't know world history. They do not understand what these little subtle acts of censorship, manipulation of narrative, manipulation of, of communication, what can be funny, what can't be funny, words you cannot say words words well words some people can say and others can't say and it's purely subjective from one day to the next they don't understand what that leads to and and if you if you point it out like if you're jordan peterson or somebody like that that can just kind of like literally connect the dots in a very basic and elementary way of okay here's what that sort of propaganda and censorship and political correctness leads to and here's what it looked like as it as it as it went to other forms of government in the past they'll be like no you're you're nuts you're crazy because they live in america you know where you know the where our problems just aren't the same as well for example there's probably no one that's going to wake up in the united states of america today in any corner of it and and go look in their nursery at a bed where their child once laid and it's not, it's, it's, it's covered in blood and their child is gone and they'll never see them again. That, that probably won't happen in America. So our problems in this country and our, and so many of our, our fellow citizens, their view of, of morals and decency and just overall, and just understanding history is so freaking clouded that that's what I think. That's what I think. I don't, I don't, I don't live in fear. I don't get scared. And cause come what may, you know, if I, if I die tomorrow, I'm good. I know where I'm headed and I'm, I'm okay. But it, it is frustrating just the lack of education of what's going on and, and how detrimental it can be to all of us. Yeah. Well, and that, the one thing that bothers me too, is just that the fact that so many people don't want to teach what history really is anymore, no. like they just want to lie about it or they want to lie about what happened. And I don't know, it's such a, uh, partisan world where you'll hear two news organizations reporting on the same event and you would never guess they were the same event because they are, they're, they're covering it a completely different way. Like this is screwing up everyone and nobody, uh, like Russian disinformation, that whole thing about the Trump Russia collusion that has been proven to be a hoax. Oh my word. It's been proven to be a hoax. It was started by a Clinton lawyer with the FBI. That's, that's known. Anybody who 
really, really is honest and intellectually honest, they'll say, yeah, that, that sucks. There's like people on like MSNBC, what Rachel Maddow, Hillary Clinton, they'll still mention it. Like, are you insane? Stop it. Like you can't. And they're, they're like, we have people who just won't ever recognize what is truth and what is history. So I'm like, oh, this is, you know, we didn't have great founding fathers of the country. They were actually a bunch of terrible racist, terrible people that we should tear. Like, oh, yeah, they're like trying to re rewrite history, which is, oh man, I, I really don't like that. Cause then they, the, the, you know, the younger, younger people will not know what true history really was. And they're going to have to learn it the hard way over again, which, okay, I guess if that's what, it'd be much easier to learn from history, which, yeah. you know, you can read about it, but you know, the, some of the reinterpretations of what's happened, it's just, oh God. Well, so and that's the thing that's funny. It's like, um, so one of the things I often, you know, ask people you know, right now, I think that most everyone would agree we're going through a really bizarre time and whether it it changes course or not. I don't know. There's nothing new under the sun. There've been times like this before, not in America necessarily to this. I don't think to this degree. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's a weird time. Um, but I, I want to ask people that are upset and they don't like, you know, inflation. They don't like what, you know, whatever might be going on in the world and go and, and, and ask them, well, do you think it's because it's become more conservative? I mean, can you really say America has become more conservative and that's the problem? I mean, it, to me, it has become on both sides, uh, this, the, the country has moved and that's what, that's what blows my mind. Whenever I hear people say that the Republican party has moved so hard, right. And by the same token, we elected the most non-Republican president in Donald Trump ever. And, and so it's like, well. How can you say both that we've that the that the Republican Party has moved so far right? And uh, now, Grant, there's definitely those on the fringe that are hard right. But what influence do they really have? Uh, it's just I don't know, man. It's just it's weird. The whole don't believe your lying eyes thing that goes on right now. And it makes it to where you just you can't listen to anything. You can't trust anything. And um, I don't know. That's why we need guys like you to try to give us something to laugh about through it all. Yeah, yeah, it's. um it's hard, but it, some of the hardest times trying to come up with a joke is when I'll read a story that happened and then I'm just so ticked off that I can't see straight. And then I have to just, I have to just go to a different story and like, okay, I'm going to have to read about something else because I, it's hard to be funny when I'm just so furious about something that I just want to throw stuff. Um, but then, then hopefully I can try to get myself to you like, okay, I've got to try to get a chuckle out of this somehow. Right. Well, and, and you and you do. You know, I think one of the things that was most telling here recently was the whole Oliver Anthony viral song that uh, the oh yeah, rich men north of Richmond. I think that, and it was so funny how the it automatically was labeled a conservative anthem, and it's like, what? Why? Why? Why is what he is? And if. And if that's what you label conservative, that a guy that's yelling at the, at the at Washington, D.C., how they don't care, they don't listen, and we're all just out here kind of wasting our lives while they get rich or whatever. Really? Well, then maybe you want to join the chorus because that's kind of a that's something we could, should all be able to get behind is that we all need to, you know, 
the the just the everyday American needs to kind of be have more attention paid to them. I don't know. I just I thought that was kind of telling whenever they and it didn't last long. I will say that because I think there was so much a blowback when they tried to do that that people like the Rolling Stone article that came out about it and people were like, yeah, you know, you're throwing punches in the wind there, Don Quixote. This is not a a, a right wing thing. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he come out and say, "Hey, I'm not." Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a conservative guy. I'm just singing about this. I, I don't know if it was on Rogan or, but I think I, it was I Rogan. Harry pretty, pretty soon after that, where it's like he was laughing about how people are saying he was it was a conservative because it wasn't. He just yeah. was. Uh, oh man, but his stuff was so good, man. I uh, I watched the Rogan that he was on, and they also played, I think, another one of his songs. And wow, that guy, yeah, so talented. Plus, he seemed like a pretty nice guy i mean just just from the interview i don't know him well but just from the the uh i think he actually read a bible verse to yep joe on the show which i've never i don't know if that's happened maybe that's happened before but i was like wow and then i think even joe was like that's that was a really profound was it from psalms i i don't yeah i think i think i think it was a psalm that he, he that he read and the the cool thing is or rather the not so cool thing about that is that's the that's the world we live in right now is where everyone has to wear a label it's like i've got to i've got to be able to tag you as something uh, in order to even listen to know whether i'm going to listen to you like you hate you despise you cancel you and i think that's really a shame that like they they wanted to put a label on him what are we dealing with here what what is this guy because and that shows you too in this very headline um, kind of society we live in. People don't read down. It's weird. We'll listen to a three-hour podcast of Joe Rogan, but we won't read more than thirty seconds. And so, therefore, I need a label. Otherwise, I got to get to know you for real, and I don't want to do that. And that's I think that's the bigger problem is that like I don't want to look into who Oliver Anthony really is. I don't want it to do that. I just want just tell me media tell me what label to throw on him so i can know whether i should hate him or not and that's basically it and i think that's the shame of it yeah yeah it's like i need to get my marching orders from whoever i look up to and then i'll decide if i like him or hate him like can't you just listen to the music and decide if you like it or hate it like well now i need to see what aoc thinks and then (laughs) okay good because she's Definitely, she's the one to listen to. Okay, good job. Yeah, yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's a tough one. And then uh, you know, I I don't know. I I think that the the good or bad news because sometimes it can take a while. Reality always smacks everybody in the face, and I think you're seeing that. And that, that's one of the things that's bizarre about the world we live in. Okay, so like right now, you see Eric Adams in in New York, which Jim and I love New York City. We have a daughter that's working in Manhattan. We we're there all the time love the city we've watched the changes and haven't been happy about some of them but yet we still go and love the city and eric adams who was so pro sanctuary city we're always going to have open arms and open hearts and all this stuff now is saying that these open borders are going to destroy well they're not open because kareen john pierre says they're not open so and so that i don't so they're not open i don't know what eric adams is talking about um, but he's saying now that it's going to destroy New York and all this and people will complain. People will shout, people will yell, but mark my words, Wesley Austin, 
he will be reelected every single time he runs for office. And that's what's that's what's bizarre. If you wear the right label, if you wear if you're on the right team, we really don't care about what you do and your policies, how they impact. We just want to know what you tell us you think. If you tell us the right things you think and believe, you got us. Even if we don't like what we, I mean, it's happening out in California. I mean, Gavin Newsom, if that guy becomes president one day, that dude leaves a wake of destruction everywhere he goes. Is that not as bad? That is a, it blows my mind. Like California is such a steaming pile of garbage. And Gavin Newsom, okay, he's got to be a big problem. And the fact that he's one of the people being considered as the next generation of who's going to be president. Are you kidding me? I mean, we're, like we're going to have what? Uh, homeless encampments all across the country and uh, the insanity going on with what teachers can do with students and their parents can know. How can anyone? Uh, that is so scary to me because that guy is, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, but just look at him. He's like, obviously, He's he really wants to be cast in some part on a, you know, network TV show where he can be. I mean, come on. I can't. He's he's so bad. And the he's, fact not, he's that our they, Justin Trudeau. He is he is our Justin Trudeau in the making. Now, I will say this. He has a lot more of a record leading up to the White House. If he were to, to ever be president, he's got a lot more of a record to look at all the way from mayor of San Francisco, lieutenant governor of California, governor of California. Everything that he every office he's ever held has the California or the local area has gotten worse. And yet it doesn't matter. He says the right thing. He's got that big, big smile, that Gordon Gecko slick back hair, kind yeah, of Patrick uh, Bateman thing going on. And it, 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 that's, that's enough. That's all we need is like you say the right things. And, um, I, I just, that's what baffles me because I know there are smart good-hearted, decent uh, people on the other side of the aisle that I know and I love and I, I'm friends with. And I never ask them because I just don't want to have those conversations anymore because I don't want to lose the friendship. Uh, not that I would, but, you know, I'm just, and maybe I'm being, I don't know, maybe I'm being narrow-minded, but it just seems like there's a lot more sensitivity on the other side. I, I'm I'm happy to say, oh, yeah, you don't like what I believe in. You don't like smaller government and whatever. I get it. That's fine, but we can still be friends. A lot of the folks on the other side of the aisle that I, uh, you know, you say things to, well, it doesn't seem to be reciprocated or it's, you get met with just sarcasm or, you know, belittling or whatever. And, um, but I would just like to ask, you know, is that really who you want to be president and, and why, what, what can you point yeah. to? That's, I don't know. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, let's, can we just. Let's go around California a little bit. Let's look at what's going on in Los Angeles. Can we just can how about the uh, the 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 massive uh, little robberies that take place and they you know it's like a planned thing and they just go in, take it all, go out. You've got uh, like my friend. I think he was was it Oakland or he was somewhere in California where his car was broken into while one of his family members was sitting in the car. And they tried to call the police and they weren't answering. And there happened to be, I think, a, a, a policeman there who was like having something to eat. And he just said, yeah, this is happening too much. So they don't respond to this anymore. 
you guys, like this is, what part of that was great? What part of that, um, it's, yeah. If he, <laughs> well, and, yeah. oh yeah. And the thing is that there are leaders that are taken seriously that allow this stuff, that say this stuff, that, that pass this stuff off as social justice or like there's like there's a justification it's kind of like what we're seeing in uh the middle east right now you have groups of people in america that are saying that the raping of women and the beheading of babies is justified for the the occupation as they call it of 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 gaza you know and it's like well no wait a minute a dispute argument debate diplomacy okay i'm with you but when you resort to completely throwing the rule of law out, just being able to ransack a Walmart or a Walgreens or you're beheading people, no, there there are limits to justice. You there, there's that and and that's what's really scary right now. It's like if you're on one side of an issue, it's almost like all bets are off. That it's it, it you you and and if you're on the other side of the issue then just to point out the hypocrisy or the difference or just even state your case, then you are immediately shut down, canceled, labeled a bigot, labeled, you know, uh, you don't understand. And it's, and I don't, I, I think going back to the whole free speech thing, I think we need to have, we need to be able to air out all bad ideas so that the good idea will, will, will come to the surface as opposed to just, you know, this let, letting, letting ill, horrible, demonic behavior thrive in the name of some as they see it justified cause man i think that's just a bad idea yeah well it's i i don't know how they're gonna get that back where where people you know in, in certain areas now where people are used to being able to just we can go in we can mm -hmm. steal stuff they're not going to do anything um like to get law and order back wow like i just don't know are you going to have to, is it going to have to be the wild, wild west? And you just, uh, say, okay, it's all right for store owners to just have guns and use them on people. And I, I, I don't know how they're going to get law and order back because they've let it go. And I just think they were so naive to think, oh, it's fine. We can let this start to happen. Like, have you not heard this saying you can't let the camel nose in the tent? There's a reason why there's that saying. Yeah. Then the whole thing is in there, and like, how are you going to get them out? You can't. Great. I, you've got what Walgreens now, or is it Walgreens? I saw one of them in California where basically there's all the shelves are completely locked in these big plastic walls around them with locked. I saw yes. another one where there was nothing on the shelf that yes. was just completely empty. Okay. Well, and, <laughs> and Wesley Austin, I watched a video where a guy walked in with a blowtorch. While someone filmed him taking the blowtorch to the locked, to the locked items, pulling it off, taking the stuff out, throwing it in a bag, walking out the door. And I'm oh my and, word, I haven't seen that. And the whole thing now, and here's another thing. Call me cynical. Go ahead, paint me cynical Sam. I think if you or I tried to do that, I think we would probably be met with a little more resistance. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say. I don't think we would get away with it. We would absolutely not get away with it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I don't want to be able to get away with it. I don't want a world in which I can get away with such behavior. But I just, I'm pretty sure, nah, I don't think. 
Yeah. We would be getting we, with that. We, we would be on the news. We would lose our jobs. We'd lose all sorts of things and then would be in jail. Like it would, justice would find us very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's the, that's the shame of it. What I see happening right now, there's an old saying, the good kid always gets punished. And if you look at those who really, uh, whatever the case may be, it's usually the rule followers that are going to take it the hardest because that's who people are going to come after because it's easier. It's just, they follow the rules. They won't put up a resistance. There's no, uh, you know, we won't get, we won't get labeled anything for going after these people. And the good kid gets, is going to get punished. And that's what seems to be happening in, in a lot of society today, in particular in America. I mean, I was in Europe, uh, you know, right after you guys were, and one of the things that was funny was watching, you know, talking to people over in Paris and Italy and stuff and, and, and just ask them, so what do you guys think of what's going on in America right now? And they're like, yeah, what is going on in America? It just seems like an absolute mess. I mean, did you feel that way when you guys were in Europe that it's just, it's, I mean, even with all their problems for crying out loud, and I don't want, I don't want us to become more like Europe, but at least at the, just being around there, it wasn't. Every issue of the day, every grandstand identity, whatever thrown at you, it's just like people just kind of living their lives. Yeah. 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 I mean, we honestly, when we were in Italy, we were just enjoying the, the, uh, the different cathedrals and all the, all the old, uh, ruins and the different small cities they have. I don't know that I ever. It was fun to just not worry about any of the, and I was trying to not worry about my, uh, doing the video. So I was not looking at the news, man. It was a very, very nice couple of weeks to just not worry about any of the insanity. And I didn't bring it up. I actually never talked to anyone there about anything going on here, but that's a really fascinating. Well, when I do hear people from outside of the United States, they, they have a similar take on what the, like what you heard which was yeah what the crap is going on over there like you guys were the you know the 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 sane ones who believed in this kind of stuff and it seems like you've completely lost it yeah like yeah yeah, yeah i remember i mean that's the thing that got me is like you know what it, you know what it felt like it felt kind of like um america in the late 90s where you didn't you know you knew that people were gay straight whatever uh didn't and everybody's like yeah okay cool whatever it just it was just part of because in the fabric of life instead of this like no this you know it's like in america yeah, yeah. it's like whatever i have going back whatever this identity i've assumed as conservative democrat gay straight transgender it is the single most important thing in the world and you need to acknowledge it right now you know and it's like yeah. and, that just doesn't happen over there. It's like every single thing we have in America has existed over there for God knows how long. And it's just like, yeah, okay. And I think that was the, I think that's what's, that's what's so weird about right now is like, whatever your, uh, whatever you're passionate about, whatever your thing is, man, it needs to, everybody needs to think it's important. And that just causes balkanization. And um, I don't know, man, I just, there's, it's just, it's bizarre, but that's one of the things I got. It just seemed more calm just like everybody was just being who they were. And you might see something kind of, kind of, you know, uh, odd or whatever, but you just you didn't care that it wasn't like, it wasn't like being 
you know, counterculture, which today the counterculture is the culture. But if you, it wasn't doing it just for the hell of it to just to make a statement. It just you know, it's people being themselves. You know, I don't know. I just, I really, it, that's one of the biggest takeaways I took from Europe that kind of surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned uh, back in the 90s when, yeah, you had all these different kinds of things, but it wasn't in everybody's face all the time. And they weren't trying to change all of society to, you know, gear yourself towards. 0.002% of the population, you know, it, I, I've kind of missed that so much that a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I watch on Netflix or, or any of these streaming, I'll go back and watch stuff from the eighties or nineties because it, it gets rid of all this woke crap that I can't stand. Like, oh, great. I'm watching this old, this is beautiful. I not yeah, no. Yeah. And when I can, and, when I do try to watch a new show or new movie, I most of the time turn it off within five minutes because I could, okay, they've already announced the three woke issues that they really want me to believe and what the end, like, I'm done. It's yeah. off. I'm sick yep. of it. I'm not going to. No, I'm the exact same way. Jim and I, we, and it, it's hard. Like, I have probably watched, um, there's one movie in particular. Uh, it's complicated going back to Alec Baldwin, my Alec Baldwin man crush. Okay. Uh, I probably any Nancy Myers movie, dude. I love Father the Bride, Father the Bride Two, uh, all all you know the Intern, all of Nancy Myers movies. They are just like warm goodness going down into your tummy. They're just I just love her movies, and it's the same thing. I'm and, and almost I I have to fight getting sad watching an old movie knowing that there was not, it was just, we, we were very, there was defined terms. I mean, you could literally look at a movie and go, Oh, that's a dude. That's a girl. And that's, that they're, they, that's their role or whatever. And no big deal. Um, and now it's like, I just, I'm, I'm on edge with every movie. I'm like, okay, what are you going to try to beat me over the head with? And the thing yeah. that Hollywood doesn't understand is that it was those movies. It was this, the show's like, I mean, for crying out loud, and granted, in his personal life, I get it that things changed. But in the 80s, Bill Cosby, a black man, was titled America's Dad. Okay? That was in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, Will and Grace, pretty sure their ratings were pretty strong. You know, that it, it's not like that all of a sudden that all of these things with racial issues and, and sex and everything like were just now breaking through. I mean, that, that was just, that's what we all grew up. And it was just, it was just, it was like, whenever I go to Walmart, there's going to be gay people there. There's going to be transgender people there. Most likely there's going to be all different kinds, but guess what? They're not walking around with a bullhorn saying attention shoppers. I am a man. I am. No, they're just going to be shopping and we're all going to be together and we're, it's just, it's society. And yeah. that's the way entertainment used to be. It would just be a story. And it would be reflected. There'd be all kinds of people in it. And you're just like, oh, cool. No, who cares? They can't do that now. And look what they do with the new Snow White at Disney. I mean, it's like, oh, like what, what, what the hell, you know, why do that? It, why, why do that? And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The, like the, the, oh, and Disney, my word, they can't learn their free. They can't learn their lesson. Like they just keep doing it over and over again. I just did a video recently probably going to post within the next week or so about how Disney they've decided they're going to remake Bambi because oh. you know 
the remake of Snow White went so well and the, the remake of Little Mermaid went so well. I mean, do you guys not have writers? Can you not just write an original story once? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like within the last, you can't do it. Now, are you kidding? So, yeah, apparently we're going to get a, a remake of Bambi because, you know, we need to. Come on, it was about, it was about a deer in the forest. Like, what? Yeah. You, was there something in that you need to fix? I don't, yeah. come on. I you know, I don't know if this one, the. I can't even imagine the kind of weird stuff they're going to work into this one. But I think Disney just keeps taking. And I go, you guys, well, pull your heads out. I don't think, ask, just pull some random person off the street of any town in the U.S. and say, hey, what's Disney's done wrong? And they're probably going to nail it. I yep. don't know why <laughs> the people in the boardroom, well, I do know why they're all, probably they all voted for Gavin Newsom and they're just super, super on that, on that woke train so that yeah yeah i agree and that's the thing they they are they're on a mission and it's not to make money it's not for the shareholders in fact they frown upon that but they can only do that in a capitalistic society they can only because disney does have such an incredible uh legacy and it's a Mm money-making machine and so they're able to get away with it for a while but there there will come a time where Okay, yeah, you actually have to put out something that most people want to see, and or and that's and I I don't know how long they can run like they're running right now, uh, but it's it's like the whole all of Hollywood. I mean, look what people did with Top Gun. Look how many people just loved, and it was like, oh my gosh, and I was that was the first movie I went to the theater to see. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, Wes, in so many years. And it was so fun. It was so cool just to not be preached to, just watch, you yeah. know, cool characters do cool things. And, and it was an, an escape, you know, just like, wow, this is cool. And just re- reminded me, but like all they can do, they, there's, and I think there's just fewer and fewer talented humans, I think, because people just are so, again, interested in the wrong things that. Apparently there aren't very many good writers because why can't you come up with your own, like to your point? Why redo Bambi? Come up with a new story, and and subtly, if you if you want to, if you wanted to have some underlying message, I mean, you can trace pretty much every story back to Homer's Odyssey anyway. So start there and create your own your own story, create your own hero's journey, uh, whatever you want to do. But why mess up that amazing intellectual property that has been around? It's it's art and. I, I don't know. It's going to be weird. I guess our great, great grandkids will live through the era where they start destroying all of this art. You know, um, I don't know. It's uh, which I wish I could be there for that, because I don't I think I don't think art is the key anymore. I don't think entertainment is the key. I think it's it's all about uh, propaganda and and preaching. And and that's just that's just not entertaining. Instructional videos are generally yeah. not all that entertaining. Yeah, yeah. And you can. I, I swear you can you can sniff it out like you can tell when when there's a show TV show movie and they've got this agenda behind it. I swear you can just feel it, you can smell yeah, it, and you, you hate know. it. And when somebody's got an uh, like an authentic story and they're just trying to tell you a story without any agenda, you're like, hey, this actually seems I like this. Well, that's why you're not mm-hmm. having somebody artificially put. We need to put a line in here about. 
you know, people who don't do what they're told uh, about this, or we need to put a line in here about anybody who thinks that having kids is a good idea because we don't want them to believe that. That would be bad. It's just like, you know what, Wes? Okay, I I, I tell you what has has blown my mind. Now, this is not a a morally sound TV show of any kind. Don't and Jim and I hardly ever watch any sort of TV. But when we can find one show that we like, then we will we'll go for it. Like White Lotus, that got our attention. That was pretty good. Um, and then to your point earlier, there's nothing new out that we want to see. And so she's like, well, what about Sex in the City? Which, you know, old traditional Jason Wright, you know, I that, that was a show that I was like back in the late nineties, like, I would never watch Sex in the City. And Jimlin, too, as traditional as she can be, she it's kind of cute, you know. Let's you maybe we'll just try to watch that. So we've watched some old some starting with the very beginning of Sex in the City. Wes, that show could not be made. That show makes these women, they speak of potentially having children and and just going, you know, they kind of poke fun at the one that does stop the New York party life, moves out to Connecticut and has a baby shower. And then they start, but they start, you know, uh, I guess it's Miranda and Carrie, the characters, they start talking about like aspirations of one day having a family and how many kids they want to have. And it's like, holy crap, the sex in the city girls, they seem uber traditional back then compared to today's, you know, modern woman. And it's like, wow, we've come a long way, dude. My word. Okay. I never watched sex in the city. That doesn't surprise me. I certainly heard about it. The thing was huge. Everybody was watching it. That it's fascinating that if you go back and watch that, that it actually seems like that's more traditional. That's so oh, because, amazing. Well, what made me think about it was because they, they actually, they had a conversation in this episode where they go out to this uh, former party girl. You know, she's fun and live in the city. She had moved out to the, to the suburbs. And they started actually talking about one day wanting to have kids. And, what, and I'm just like, uh, never were sex in the city made today. There's no way they would be putting anything positive about a group of professional independent women also wanting to get married and have children and even aspiring toward a family because that might, no, 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 that would be feeding into the patriarchy. And so it just, it, it fascinates me and they, and they cover some really funny topics, but it, it, as old as that was same thing. You've got everything from professional single women crushing it. You've got gays. You've got just the, the the city life, but it's all just it's depictive of the 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 fabric of New York and kind of what's going on. Not some artificially contrived picture of yeah. okay, let's get let's let's get out our calculators and make sure we've got the right percentage of this character and this character. It was just a reflection that that realistically included all of these different types of people. And so it works so much better. I think that if Hollywood just, would, would just now if they want to go back and copy some of that, like, huh, maybe we don't, maybe we don't have to try to pretend like gay people don't really exist. And so the people in the South that watch this show, they need to know that there are gay people in America. So here it is. Instead of go, no, we know we don't care. And yeah, awesome. The birdcage was a kick-ass movie. Loved it. Love Nathan Lane, yeah, Robin yeah. Williams were amazing. Don't care. Entertaining. Just do that. Write a good story. It's entertaining. We love it. 
we'll, we'll buy tickets to it, but don't try to do it just for your, don't make it contrived. I think that's, that's what just bugs me. Yeah. 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 But you've made it. So now I'm wondering if I need to actually try sex in the city. Make it an experiment. I, uh, I, I would love to get your take just to see, holy crap. Because who would ever have thought sex in the city would look kind of traditional by any standards? Oh, I know, because what it was, that just, I mean, just the name, I remember the name of it was. Absolutely. That, that sounds so <laughs> Absolutely. So that's so, that's so funny that, that things have gone so far now that that looks like a, it's more of a, they have some traditional values in there that are coming through, which is, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even like the reality, like even some of the edgier stuff they talk about, it's things that we know what made the show work from my perspective is that they brought out the real things that women talk about and that they do and, you know, sexually and, and, and they, they were able, it was real stuff. And that, and I think it's why Seinfeld worked, right? Seinfeld brought out things we all notice, but it's only, that's what, that's what you comedians do. Everybody yeah. sees the stuff happening, but when you guys point it out, that's whenever we go, that's so true. We can all relate to it. That's funny. That's what Sex in the City was doing. They know that women stay at home, at home alone every once in a while, and they have a fine time with themselves, and they make fun of that, and they talk about it. They did a whole episode about kind of that thing, and it's funny. Instead of like, what well, if it were done today, it would have to be all this shock factor, over-the-top, graphic, in-your-face, and it just, it wouldn't be, it'd be cheap. All right, folks, forget everything I just said about Sex and the City. The show is absolute garbage. I got a little further into the later episodes. I've got it to season two, I guess, and it's garbage. I have since warned Wes, don't watch the show. It's trash. It's probably a lot of the reason why uh, a lot of women are, are making some of the poor choices they're making now. So anyway, I just had to insert this disclaimer after actually giving that show a shot and then coming on this, uh, this episode. And then now since I've watched a few more, yeah, no negative ghost rider, stay away from it. It's no good. Okay. No, that's the show. It can be kind of like what Jerry Seinfeld said about cussing during standup. Uh, he he's like, I don't have a problem with it. I just don't do it because I think it's lazy. I would rather be able to come up with something that's funny without the cussing. And I think that's what they did with this show is like, yes, they did some things. And I guarantee my, my, hardcore Christian friends. They know I'm a believer. They know I love Jesus. And there's like, Jason, we're going to have to pray for you. You're watching sex in the city. What is wrong with you? And so I get it. But, um, but you know, I'm like what they were doing, but that's stuff that really happens. And they, yeah. they, they depicted it in a way that it probably does happen. It is conversations that women have. And it was funny. And it was in that. And so I got, I, I never thought I would say, I'm watching Sex in the City and that and that show. And and by the way, to the audience, I am not recommending it. It's not, you know, it's it's not, I'm not saying to gather the family around, you know, this the holiday season and start binge watching Sex in the City. No, not what I'm saying. But from a just a sociological kind of you know vantage point of how things have changed, it's pretty bizarre, dude. And I'd love to get your take just to to see how, you know. It's weird to to think that uh, that Carrie on that show would be kind of more like a not conservative. That's the wrong thing, but just 
definitely closer to a traditional woman than what you would find probably in New York City in her position today. It's kind of bizarre, man. That's okay. That reminds me of what's happened to Bill Maher because wasn't Bill Maher, he was around back there during the Sex and the City times, right? Yeah, that was the, was the, the yeah. Because I remember back when Bill Maher was first, you know, out there, I couldn't, I couldn't stand anything he said. Like to me, he was so far crazy left, <clears throat> just could not stand anything he said. He drove me nuts. Now you come to today and Bill Maher says a lot of things. We're like, no, I actually agree with that one. I yep. agree with that too. Mm -hmm. I agree with this part too. So it's weird. I don't know if, if maybe it like the, the, if you, if you kind of use sex in the city and Bill Maher as like markers, you can see how far left a lot of the society has gone that they seem like they're getting a little bit closer to the conservative side of things just because of how far crazy left so many things have gone. Cause I think I've, I'm pretty sure I've heard, I've heard Bill Maher say he hasn't moved. Yeah. He like, he is still yeah. the, the, the same kind of liberal person that he's always been. It's the fact that we have some people who've just gone so far off the deep end one way that he seems like he's actually shifted probably like sex in the city seems like it's actually shifted when it's no it's just because we got some completely loony stuff going on that's pulling it so far the other way yeah i think like i mean like let's face it uh bill clinton couldn't be elected today i mean he would have to completely he'd have to dramatically go left barack obama was uh was definitely much more moderate than the the party today. John F. Kennedy would can be considered a a right winger for sure. Uh, it, yeah. it is. It, it's um. It, it and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about okay, think about how things were just day to day life going back when Bill Cosby. Again, people can poke fun at because of his personal life and blend the two, but I'm just saying, the Cosby Show, Bill Cosby, before we knew all the bad. We went from an era where Bill Cosby was considered America's dad, a black man. We had, we had, we were fully aware of RuPaul, then up Sex in the City. We had all these things. You didn't have people picketing it. You didn't have people trying to censor it. You didn't have people, you had, you didn't have conservatives saying, get that out. No way. There's no way you're going to say anything like Bill Cosby is America's dad. No, it's still Ward Cleaver by God. No, you're never going to, you never mm -hmm. had that. But then, but now you move up to where we are today. Are we, are things really that much better today than they were then? And, you know, were our opportunities greater now than then? Now, maybe, I guess I, I, I don't, I honestly, I, I, I don't know. I had a conversation with a, a buddy of mine that, um, uh, he's a black guy. He's one of my best friends and. Uh, we were talking about this. He came over for coffee on Saturday and we were like, he goes, you know, Jason, and he grew up in, you know, deep East Texas. He said, I can honestly say, I just, I never experienced racism. He said, I don't, he said, I, I and he said, I, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. Um, he said, I don't understand why everyone is so angry at each other. He said, I just never experienced it. And I, and, and granted that's anecdotal. I get it, but I just, I guess my point is, it seems like whenever we were the, the late 90s, early 2000s, it just doesn't seem like there was that things were as bad as what we're led to believe today. 
mean, we're, we're led to believe that today things are worse than ever. And it's, I don't know. I think there's some folks that, and I told Harvey, I said, you know, I think they're your, your great grandparents would have said something far different, Harvey, uh, you know, that growing up and, and he said, they went through some things I can't even fathom and, and it's heartbreaking. And, uh, so I'm glad that that's you, that's, that's your story. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, man. I just think that you looking back on the, the late nineties and the difference between then and how kind of where we were up to a certain point, And then all of a sudden everything just went off the rails. And, and like you said about the whole crime sprees and law and order, I don't know how you put that genie back in the bottle. I just don't know. I don't know how we have another. New York Renaissance that was led by good Lord. He's a kind of a goofball now, but Rudy Giuliani who put focus on law and order and, mm -hmm. you know, that I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I think that there's, there's people have found way too much currency in keeping things chaotic and divisive and angry and bad. And, and the people that, um, would say otherwise it's gonna it's gonna have to come from the left i just believe that it's gonna have to come some powerful voice from the left i think is gonna have to speak up and say enough enough we let's let's yes we can still stand for all the things that we've stood for and we can have those debates against the the right and the conservatives but some of this just needs to stop and um but they, but there's not many of them out there that'll do it because they know they'll get shouted down. I think. Yeah. No, I I would agree with you. I I really I feel like um, people are just so much more uh, race conscious. Everything has to do with race today, and I think in a bad way because I I swear it, I in my my perspective of things is. Uh, those kind of racial relations are worse now than they were back in the nineties. I, I mean, like Absolutely. I just know now every single thing you do, you, you go to get a job, you're going to go to buy something, you go to talk to someone, everything in your head is like, uh Oh, did I, was that wrong? Should I not have, Oh, I apologize. I admit everybody thinking about it all the time. And it was not something that you were thinking about all the time, but you still were treating everybody normally. I mean, I just don't know, like you, I, 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 yeah, I think it's, I think it's worse. And I think it's this, when, when you have to factor in that kind of racial stuff to every single decision you make all day long, all the time, I just think that made it, I like corporations and people pushing that you've made it worse because now everybody, that's all they think about all the time. And is that what you wanted? That's you right. want them to not be thinking about it ever, just treating everybody just because they're nice people normally. And now everything factors in that when they're, what, you know, like, uh, somebody, um, they were submitting scripts in Hollywood, which to me, I think, okay, well, you're submitting a script to someone, How, that's, but by definition, they're not going to be able to discriminate against you because it's, it's a script that's written. How will they know? Like, apparently you have to put like mm -hmm. your racial information on the cover page, like, yeah, yeah. You had a perfect situation where by definition, they couldn't have been racist because they didn't know what race you were. And now you're like, well, we're going to tell them so that they can yep, be racist against. Okay. Good, good job. You guys have nailed it. Wow. Way to well, make it way worse. 
I agree that the two wrongs don't make a right. And that's the, and the thing is when you decide to do that, when does that end? When do you, when do you say, okay, we're done. We can go back to meritocracy now. Now we're just only going to look at who, who's the best person for the job. Who's the best person for the role. Um, you know, we're, we're going to do that. And when, 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 when does that day come and how do you measure that? You know, what does that look like? So and I, one thing I want to leave you with too, though, that, um, We'll never get old. And we're talking about looking at old stuff. One that still brings me great pleasure is The Office. The Office is still there. Yeah. I don't, I as love long, The Office. As long as we live in a world where I can go, you know, season one, episode two is so funny. I had just left corporate America and I had moved to Tyler to buy my first business. And a buddy of mine, he had seen the first episode of The Office. He said, You've got to watch this show. It is the lot, and we work together. And he said, "It is the life that we have lived. You've got to check this out." And so I, I didn't see the first episode back then. The first episode I saw was episode two, which was Diversity Day, and we had just taken a, divers, a diversity class. Okay, and it was it was spot on. It was such a spot on satire of the course that we had gone through that I was like, "They've nailed it." This is this is genius. They have they really realized the the idiocy of the modern work workplace. And um, I don't know, just some of the best characters, Michael Scott. I mean, Steve Carell is one of my favorite actors of all time and um, that show. So as long as as long as we can always go back to the office, which I'm amazed that they still let it be shown. I really am. I, I look for a day whenever that's why I think I, I've downloaded the a couple of seasons. I need to get a couple more just to make sure that one day. You know, maybe I'll make a fortune bootlegging uh, contraband copies of The Office because it'll probably be, you know, not 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 suitable for public consumption at some point. Yeah, I'm so happy that they haven't tried to cancel that show because it is so good. That I also love Seinfeld. I think both of those you couldn't make today. No. And I'm so happy that they still have those out there that, so that we can enjoy them because, oh, yeah, they're so good. Yeah. They are. They're good. All right, man. So what's, what's coming up for you on your performances? Where, how are you doing on the comedy? Where can people um, find you and follow you? Let's see. Uh, still doing stand up kind of, uh, I'm usually about every other weekend I'll open somewhere. I don't have any headlining now, but I'm, I'm hoping in the next, you know, five or six months to headline somewhere here in Utah, but, uh, definitely my YouTube channel is West Austin. I probably would point people there. And then also my Instagram at, uh, Wesley.Austin2. So you can check me out at both those places. And I highly encourage people to do that. That is, I guess I discovered you on, um, on, I think it was on Instagram that I actually discovered you. And now it's just such a nice little part of my feed. Whenever your, your latest video comes up, it's quick, it's, it's intelligent. And again, you've observed something that every one of us are saying and thinking and you do it in a real quick deadpan little dash of sarcasm in there that way that just the formula works man I, i'm just uh i just uh, it's it's great and i highly recommend people check it out oh thank you so much thank you so much for having me on your uh, on your podcast jason i appreciate it Anytime, dude, I want you to come back and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sorry that we kind of ended up kind of like grumpy old men today, but you know, it just, that's, you know, what, what are you going to do? That's just the times we live in. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to bend and let it out. Talk it out. <laughs>
That's right. Well, thanks for the therapy session today, Wes. Appreciate you, bro. You had, thank you. Thank you. Well, that does it for this episode of The Jason Wright Show. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Texas Titan Media production. Fourth Wall did the music. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please consider going out to jasonwrightnow.com and signing up for the Vitruvian Letter. Also, please go out to iTunes. It takes like 30 seconds to just leave us a five-star rating. It does wonders for the podcast. I would be so grateful. And with that, until we meet again, go crush it and endeavor to improve always in all ways. I'm out.